Hi, good morning. Welcome to DCF's online service. I'm Callie Woodham, and this is my husband, David. We're going to be joining Northlands Church in Atlanta for worship this morning. And then afterwards, Karen Hale is going to jump in and talk to us about community. Um, so before we jump in, David is going to lead us in prayer. God, we just thank you so much for your love, your grace that's extended to us every day. We just want to offer this time now to just worship you and honor you. We love you. We thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
Every promise is yes and amen
Hey, good morning, friends and family. It is so good for us to be coming together, whether it be in our living rooms and uh, our kitchens, having a cup of coffee, or whether it be in our workspace. It's just good coming together online and just being with one another and hearing what's happening and just hearing what our heart is this morning. Just wanna give you guys a brief update about David and I. We are definitely on the upswing from COVID. So thank you for all of your prayers and just, we love you guys so much. And um, Dave's about a week behind, so he's got a little bit of a lag going on there, but um, we're both doing uh, very well. So thank you so much for that. Um, I just wanna talk a little bit about um, community and what that looks like today for us. Um, the last six months, our world has been defined by so many different words. It started off with unprecedented, unparalleled, uncommon, out of the ordinary, in which all of those may be true in like what we've experienced. I actually define the time that we've been living in. It's been a unique time, but not an unknown time to God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. And for you and I, during this time, it's important for us to understand our when in this unique season. And when I say when, I mean W-H-E-N, not W-I-N, like winning a football game. Dave and I have traveled extensively, kind of different parts of the world, and it's hugely important to actually understand when do we need to leave our house to get to the airport? When do we need to be at the airport? When is our flight leaving? When is it arriving? So when I say when, it's important for you and I to realize in the timeline of eternity, our when, when we've been born, when we were created for this specific time and purpose. It says this in Psalms 139.16, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the lot of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. So you and I were born to live in this specific time and season to co-labor with his plans to accomplish his purposes together in community. 
Over the last six months, community and life in general has been disrupted. An interruption would be temporary. It's not temporary, y'all. It's a disruption. It's something that's permanent. For some of us, we've experienced frustration, fear and anxiety, relocation, financial changes and challenges, um, challenges of learning to work from home, or instantly becoming a teacher for your kids. And for some of you, you are my real heroes because you're doing both of them at the same time, Jennifer. So in the middle of this, all of us, life has been disrupted, but it has not been discontinued. And right now, as we step into this rhythm of a new fall season, it's maybe new and unfamiliar. Maybe some routine is familiar. It's back to school. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's all new and it's all different. But we find ourselves that the seasons are just nature's way of declaring that there's change and there's something new. And so for us, I want to share about the value of community as we get ready to launch into our small groups. So for me, when I think about community, I thought, where does community originate? And all I could think about was the scene in My Big Fat Greek Wedding when the dad is driving the daughter to school and she mentions a word and he goes, the Greek root word for that comes from. And so I just started thinking about that. And so community actually originates from the word communio and it's in the Latin. But then also in the Greek, I'm not really a great Greek scholar, y'all, but um, anyway, it comes from communion. And so I love how communion is established before we were ever born. And communion was happening long before you and I arrived. So Genesis 1.26 says this, let, it says this, sorry. God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Make mankind in our image after our likeness. And when I looked up the definition of communion, these are just some of the things that it says. It says it's the act of sharing, community, participation. It's interchanging of thoughts, purposes, agreement, fellowship, fellowship as the communion of saints. We are naturally induced to seek communion and fellowship with others. And I love what the, this definition was in the ecclesiastical terms. It says this, the spiritual union held by Christians to exist between individual Christians and Christ, their church or their fellow Christians. Christians. Y'all, we are made in his image so community is in our wiring, it's in our DNA, and it is a necessary foundation. It's not optional. Community is who we are. It's in our very fiber and being. You know, when David and I first got married, uh, we were 19. Some of that may scare some of y'all, but some of y'all may go, we got married that young too. And you know, we're at 34 years later in November. So it was a good deal. Uh, we got married at 19 and David was in the Air Force and four months later after completing his tech school we were stationed overseas from Alabama to England so for those of you that are watching yes it was a culture shock but you know what we loved it and we actually defined that time of living in England as really one of the most wonderful seasons and times of our lives and so um, about a month short of our one-year anniversary, David and I committed our lives to follow Jesus. And so over 30 years ago, we learned that community is a vital part of our foundation. Church community has always been our family because geographically, we've kind of lived everywhere. Our families lived in Alabama, but we lived in England, we lived in California, we lived in Texas, we lived in Florida, we've lived in Georgia, you know, and then when we moved back into Alabama, our family was like, wahoo. So, and we always declare it's sweet home Alabama. So we were glad to be here too. So, and during those times of living far away, there was no social media, 
it was old school. It was writing letters and it was a phone call. So, so those of you, as we're talking about community and what that looks like, we learned early on the value and the importance of community and um, with, with church family and church community. And honestly, y'all, everywhere we've ever lived, our church has become our family. So I want to talk about and share a few things, three or four things of like, what are the benefits of being in community? Number one, safety. There is safety being together. There's safety watching out for one another. I love one of Dave's messages that he's preached. It's, you know, that coming together in community is not to watch you and to catch you doing things, but it's about watching out for one another and being able to protect one another. A few years ago, there was a video from Kruger Park that went viral, and it was a herd of wildebeest that were coming to a watering hole and there were some lions that were there a little bit further down and as the wildebeest are approaching they're kind of thinking aha dinner time so they kind of like start to sneak around and get you know kind of like to kind of separate a little bit and this little baby wildebeest as they start to scatter and run away actually gets caught by the lions and as he's struggling trying to get away he falls down this embankment into the water or, or down close to the water and while he's there trying to get away from the lines a crocodile jumps up and like latches onto him too so in this moment of life for this little wildebeest that is really an extremely vulnerable place to be in and it's dangerous and so in that moment and in his struggle there is like the herd comes and starts approaching and coming back towards those lions and I love how in that moment there's these bulls that kind of start to come out front and to kind of charge and to to lead and in that moment that little wildebeest kind of like starts to struggle and it gets loose from the crocodile so then they're actually back up the bank again and one of those bulls just hooks one of the, takes one of his horns and just hooks the lines and kind of like just knocks it off of that little wildebeest what a beautiful picture y'all a beautiful picture of community and protection and safety and we need that we need that from one another and so when you're in community you find that you're not alone you're with others who care who want to help who want to come alongside you in those moments of need and crisis and vulnerability to encourage you and to love you the Bible says this it says be well balanced temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. In John 10, 10, it says this, this, the thief, the devil has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. So I want you to know that in community, there is this powerful place of safety. And, two, and number two, second benefit of being in community is care. And um, community allows an environment to be both givers and receivers. You and I are wired. We give and we receive from one another. We have strengths and weaknesses. We have times when we're more vulnerable, different seasons of life, you know. The church has always been called a beautiful, beautiful family. It's mothers and fathers pouring into the lives of sons and daughters, sons and daughters maturing and becoming mothers and fathers who pour into new sons and daughters. So the heart of community is to love one another and to be able to bring our strengths and to receive and to give at different times. I love this scripture. It says this in our lives for you and I, it's not a scripture, but I just wrote it down. So in our lives, we all find ourselves in different seasons and circumstances, which call us to fulfill the law of love that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 13, 8 in the message says this, don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love 
you owe each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. Galatians 6.2 says this, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. When we are coming around one another and we are providing safety and protection and we're caring for one another, we are fulfilling what has always been designed for one another. I just want to give you all a little bit of information of just this has been so real for David and I in the last month and a half, um, definitely the last month, five to six weeks. Um, our leadership, you took the load that we could not carry, and you did a great job keeping us moving forward and keeping us on track. We were prayed for. Y'all ran errands for us to the grocery store. You picked them up, and you wouldn't even let us pay for them. You went to the bank for us. Maybe that's where you got the money. Uh, you made us meals, or you had them delivered. And so your care for us during this time when we could not do things for ourselves, they, they are, they're moments that cannot be repaid, but it's because we owe one another this debt of love to fulfill who we have been made to be. And just so you know, I cannot even imagine what that time would have looked like for us if it had not been for you loving us so well and I just want y'all to know that Dave and I are so grateful. Um, we love you to the moon and back and beyond. And so um, just for you to know, the scripture says this in Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. And y'all, I want to tell you that during COVID for me, that two keeping one another warm was probably one of the most crazy things that ever happened to me. My temperature, y'all, was like 94. I know I was running fever because I would be soaking wet at night multiple times, changing pajamas. But y'all, one night I was so cold and Dave and I were quarantined in different rooms, but I could not get warm. Like I was freezing. And so I finally just went and got in the bed with Dave and I'm like, Dave, you've got to hug me. I am absolutely freezing and I can't get warm. And so he did. And can I tell you, that scripture is a reality of being warmed and being loved and cared for in that moment. And so for you and I, it's like cords and strands and uniqueness coming together and weaving this beautiful story of who we're supposed to be and caring for one another. The Bible says this in Psalms 34, 19, even when bad things happen, to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. The third benefit for being in community is growth. In community, we thrive together and we overcome together. And we know that growth happens best in community. We learn from one another. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The concept of iron sharpening iron obviously implies at least two pieces of iron. It would be impossible for one tool to become sharper without the presence of the other. Left alone, both blades would be dull and quite useless. This simple proverb illustrates an important biblical principle. God expects us to live and serve in a community of other believers. 
and he desires for us to build loving and growing relationships with others. You know, um, I think about iron sharpening iron, and I know this in my own life with um, David and I. Sometimes in that iron sharpening iron, there's some sparks that fly. And in relationship, we actually cause one another to grow. There's going to be moments of heated discussion, but you know what? In the foundation of love, we take those things and we're saying, God, what are you saying in my life? How is that sharpening me? How is that actually causing me to grow and to be better and to actually move forward in all that God has called me to be? So we need one another to sharpen one another. I'm so thankful that there are people on our team and in our church that know things different from me. You know, I mean, I'm like, I'm so thankful. Can I tell you that during the season of COVID, I've been so thankful that we've got nurses in our community. I'm so thankful that we had doctors in our community because we were able to ask them questions and they were able to help us. So I just want you to know that we need one another. And this, y'all, this benefit of being in community is it is not probably, it is definitely my favorite. We dream together. My favorite thing about being in community is that we dream together. We dream a future of all that God holds in store and in, and in place and in plan for us. We get to dream together. There's this unlocked potential when we dream together about our future and what it looks like. We discover what others are hearing from God, what they're passionate about, what's in their heart for the what could be. You see, you and I coming together, our church body, our church family, it begins to look different and it begins to take on this identity of who are the people that God brings together and brings alongside us in community. And it's to accomplish what his dream for us is and what his purposes are for us together. So the benefits of community. Number one, safety and protection. Number two, care. Caring for one another, carrying one another's burdens. And three is growth. We learn from one another. And four is dreaming together. So how do we stay in community? Y'all, how do we stay connected? If, it's, if this is something that's vital, it's foundational to our lives, it's important, how do we stay connected? How do we stay in community? I love what our pastor friend Tom Borsick said um, from Northlands. Uh, he's one of the pastors there, serves on the eldership team, but we love Tom We've known him for, I think, about 12 years, somewhere around in there. Um, he is a fellow um, Texan transplant, so we love him. But this is what he said. Number one, to stay in community, you have to refuse isolation. So I just want to tell you all a little bit about me. Um, there's a saying that um, goes like this. You bring the right weapon for the battle. Or in other words, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And David, because he knows me so well, he says this about me. He said, I only have one weapon. I don't have a BB gun or a rifle. I only have an atom bomb. And so when it comes to isolation, it's our responsibility to obliterate it and to annihilate it. There's no room or place for it ever for you and I, because it makes us vulnerable to the enemy. So for you and I, we are designed and made up in, in who we are. It's our choosing to refuse isolation. I love this quote and I wish I could remember where it was from, but it was this, it says, you cannot defeat the devil you entertain. If you are feeling isolated and alone and by yourself, 
Can I just tell you, there is a community waiting and longing to embrace you and connect you and bring you into family and to be there for you. But for you, refuse isolation. It has no place in who you are and who God wants you to be. Number two, in how do we stay connected? We have to be intentional. We have to be intentional in this, especially in the season and the time that we're living in. We have to be intentional to stay connected. Connection takes effort and time. I'm just going to say that again. Connection takes effort and time. It does not happen by chance. It doesn't happen accidentally. It happens with intention. So in this intentionality, what can that look like for us practically? It's a phone call. Maybe you're struggling, you're challenging. You know, y'all, I love text. I get text. I get text of encouragement. I love that. But can I tell you, I had a call from a very dear friend just the other day. And just to hear her voice was volumes. There's something about us hearing and hearing the voices of those who love us and care about us. So a phone call is easy, y'all. I'm just telling you, a phone call is easy. And then if you get a phone call, be sure if you can't answer in that moment, I understand there's work and there's task, call them as soon as you can. It's a call and it's a reaching out to connect. There's FaceTime if you have an iPhone. There's meeting for dinner or having someone in your home for dinner. There's connecting for coffee or tea at our favorite place, Mural City, and many of yours too that live locally. Go to the park, it's outside, it's outdoors. I love some of my friends, they've got little dogs and we've gone to the dog park together. There are Zoom calls. So I guess what I wanna say that there is always a way to be connected. Choose to be connected. Don't let the enemy lie to you to stay by yourself and be in isolation. Choose to be connected. This scripture here, I love what it says. Um, it says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Can I tell y'all, we live in a day where we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged in who we are, what the Lord is saying, what God's doing, what is the season and the timing that we're living in. We need to hear from one another the good news of what's happening. The Bible says in Acts, 20, uh, Acts 2, 46, daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. Y'all, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were celebrating to come together and drink some juice or some wine and to eat some crackers. That's not what they were doing. They were coming together for communion, for fellowship, togetherness, like-mindedness, like-heartness. So they shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. So I wanna encourage you to not have excuses for not being connected, but rather find ways of being in community with one another. You know, Dave and I found that putting community and connection on the calendar as a priority helps. So we make it a priority. And what we found in our own lives that we may run into someone or it could even be that we're at church and we're like, hey, let's get together. Yeah, we would love to. But the follow up of like, hey, I'm available this day and this day. Are you available then? Great, let's get together. Oh, this week doesn't work. Let's do it the following week. We get it. Lives are full, y'all. For families with multiple kids, different stages and ages of life, and you throw that in with work and school activities, all the things that create a full and vibrant life for us that Dave and I find it's not a heart issue because we want to be together. And gosh, when we are with you, we find it to be the most amazing times. We love it. And so what we found is it's not a heart issue. It's a practical issue. 
It needs to be put into a block of time as a priority. So pull out your calendars, get your calendars when you get home, and make space and time for one another for being in community. Lastly, I just want to share this. Community provides a way to be missional. Bringing others into the family of God for love, for safety, protection, care, healing, growth, with purpose and a future. That's who we are. We are made in the likeness of God. And he was on mission to restore you and I to himself. And because we've been reconciled, we are now ministers of reconciliation to bring others into his family. First Peter 2.9 says this in the Passion Translation, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Right now, can I tell you, if you're watching the news, turn it off some, turn it off, get off social media. Listen to the good news of what's happening through God's word. Read the testimonies of his miraculous wonders and what's happened. Connect with one another. Hear the testimonies. Can I tell y'all, I've just heard two or three testimonies from one person. Just in the last, I think it was like, like last Saturday or Sunday maybe. I can't, I can't even remember what it was, but in the last week. Several testimonies. And we'd love to hear those testimonies from you. So this is what happens with a testimony. Our neighbors, coworkers, places we frequent like the grocery stores or getting our hair done or getting our nails done. Those people are hungry and they're longing to hear good news. Something good that is happening in our world or in your world today because they see you on a frequent basis. To hear of the goodness of the Lord, they wanna hear it. I love in Revelation, it says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I want you to know that your testimony of God's goodness and who he has been for you becomes someone's invitation into God's goodness. It becomes their invitation into his love, his favor, his protection, his mercy, his strength, his healing, his provision. He is good news. And I'm going to add, he is not only good news. He is the best news into someone's life. You know, a few weeks ago, David Woodham shared a message when we were doing our series on love. And I love the title of his message. It was, For the Love of God, Love People. And for me, that's beyond my own line of comfort. Loving people is beyond your own line of comfort. And what I mean by that is there's sacrifice. It takes time. It takes effort. You know, and in the day that we live in, it's still being safe and being cautious and caring for one another and wearing masks in places and being safe for one another. But our value for community sees beyond temporary discomforts. I'm going to say that again. Our value for community sees beyond temporary discomforts. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 says this, And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you. And Ephesians 2.10 says this, We have become his poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus and y'all because we're joined to Jesus we're joined to one another the anointed one even before we were born God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it the people in your sphere the people in your family, 
your coworkers, the people that you are living life with, the people that you frequently see, the people that you are calling into closeness and togetherness and belonging, y'all, they are part of God's purpose and design. And so as we look at this and we say, how do we stay in community? Number one, refuse isolation, annihilate it. Two, be intentional to connect in community. And three, be missional. Live life missionally to bring others into the love and goodness of God. In closing, um, I want to read us an article from the Magnolia Magazine. And for those of you who are fans of Chip and Joanna Gaines and Fixer Upper, um, this is for y'all. So the title of it is called The Fabric of Life. Thread by thread, the weaving of fabric tells a story of rhythm. A story about two separate threads, the warp and the weft, that come together to make something beautiful. A story that might just mirror our own. The warp, threads held tightly in place by the loom, stand strong during the weaving process. They make way for the steady rhythm of the weft to be woven up and down, up and down. Without the softness of the weft, the warp is just thread pulled tight. Without the warp's strength and foundation, the weft would flounder. It takes both parts to make a whole. What if for a moment we pause to see the fabric of our lives this way? and to see how all of us with our distinctly unique threads have the potential to come together. That when we engage with each other, when we help each other and serve each other, whether with conversation and small kindnesses or a bold deed that requires more sacrifice on our part, we are the weft to another's warp. In the ebb and flow of relationships, there can be times when we are the strong foundation, then other times when perhaps we need another support to lean on or wrap ourselves around. But no matter what part we play, the rhythm of our interactions, both small and great, create a tapestry that is unlike any other. And this we know for sure, we are stronger when we stand together. And as we're coming into this season of fall and doing a small group together, you know, we've chosen um, one, one uh, unifying topic to bring us together, you know, but in that we're also going to be having for those of you who want to get together and be together, we are also doing tailgating beforehand. There's going to be details on our website. There's details, you know, um, on our, um, uh, we'll be sending out an in email for those of you that are um, local, but we want you to know that we need one another. Your strength benefits me and my weakness, and my strength benefits you in your times of weakness. God bless you. We love you guys um, immeasurably, and we're so thankful for you and so grateful for you. I hope you have a good week, and I cannot wait until I get to see you face-to-face. -face. There's nothing in the world like it. Bless you guys. Thank you, Karen, for that word on the importance of community. Um, if you need prayer, uh, you can visit our website at dopencf.com, or you can visit our Facebook page and uh, leave a prayer request there for us. Um, we want to thank everyone who's been able to be generous uh, during this time with your giving. Um, if you'd like to give today, there's three different ways that you can do that. Number one, you can go to our website under the giving tab. You can set up auto pay with your bank or you can mail a check to us. Um, our address is listed on our website. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks. God bless.